and welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal rewatch podcast. We rewatch every episode of Ali McBeal through 2020 eyes. 2020! 2020, 2020 eyes! My name is Laura Jane Parker. And I. And my name is Eleanor Parker. <laughs> 2020 comes at you fast. Before you know it, you've seen everything. It's crystal clear as day. Um, and it's very shocking. So, um, so we're here. It's season three, guys. Season three. I'm very excited. Yeah. There's a lot that could happen. Anything could happen. There's some things uh, I know that are going to happen. happen. <laughs> um, but the, the details and the hows and the whys and the how wherefores and the how emotional journey. I don't remember. How foggy. But this is. I have memories of this being a good season. I am really excited for this season. But I was I excited. High hopes. But I was excited for season two, and that all went horribly wrong. I know. So let's but see. Let's see. Let's. Um, How's it been? Yeah, good. 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 Yeah. I, I had any personal growth between season two and season three? Uh, I got a new job. Mm. That's quite a personal growth. Mm. Got promotion. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. More money. More problems. <laughs> Do you have more problems? <laughs> Do you have more problems? No. <laughs> Good. More money? No problems. Yeah, that's the perfect combination. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's- yeah. Excellent. Uh, I have not got a new job. I still do the same job, but very, very much more of it. Yeah. Um, need to hire more people. <laughs> Please hire more people. I'm only, I'm only me. There's only so much I can do. Um, but yeah. Ring the alarm. We've got a new subscriber to our Patreon. Nicholas recently subscribed at Renee level. Thank you so much, Nicholas. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, all good. Looking forward to season three. Very, very excited. So tell us what's been going on. Well, I actually have um, a kind of extended cultural stuff today. What? Because I decided to have a look at what happened between June 1999, when we left Ali McBeal last, and October 1999, where we pick up the season three. Right. So it didn't start in September. This is a shorter season. Yes, it is. Isn't it? And actually, before we do your cultural stuff, um, I wondered um, if we might um, take a little look at how IMDb and Amazon Prime summarise this season. Okay. Because it is batshit. (laughs) (laughs) Some of these. Go on, do it, do it. So, um, they don't have a season summary on IMDb, but there is a summary of the first episode of season... Well, there's a summary for all the episodes, but the, the, the first episode goes... It's the season of oversexed women at Cajun Fish. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited for that. I was like, is it? Shall we find out if that is true? But um, I, I get a feeling, and from what I remember of season three coming out over here, there was a lot of promo about all the sexy things that were yes. going on. Lots of sex happening. But if I go back to um, Amazon Prime, I think they do have season summaries, if I remember rightly. So Amazon Prime really need to, um, I don't know whether they got an intern to write this or whatever, but it just says, <laughs> Annie McBeal season three is filled with surprises, including young loves, old loves, washed up loves, and even love for money. <laughs> That's their description of the season. Wow. I was like, did anyone watch God. it before writing that? <laughs> They're like, just guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. <laughs> what it's going to be. So, I mean, I don't know if that sets us up, but I just thought it was funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. So, yeah. Okay, so. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. Cultural stuff between uh, June 99 and October 99. So in the season breaks. So in June 99, there's the royal wedding between Prince Prince Edward and Sophie Rhys-Jones. Where were you? Because I can tell you where I was while that was happening. Where were you? Dad and I had had to go up to the New Forest for some reason. I can't remember what it was, but we there was a uh, a problem. We were on the spur road between Bournemouth and Ringwood. Yeah, and our car like blew a gasket. It was the old Cavalier that kept overheating, I and it just like that, that it just went push. Like it was. Uh, I remember it. Dad was like, "Oh, it's overheating, over- overheating, overheating. We're gonna have to pull over on in the middle of the spur road, like wow. hard shoulder." Yeah, and um, we pulled over, and I remember distinctly remember because it was a really hot day. Yeah, and um, he got it was really hot to touch, so he went to like he had a t shirt off it. Yeah. to hold it so that it protected his hand from the heat. Yeah, of it, to untwist it, and he just did it slightly, and it just went up like a geezer, like, wow. like that, um, and. He got, he got, I think he got a bit burnt because obviously he wasn't wearing a t shirt yeah, and it just kind of he jumped crap. kind of back. Yeah. But yeah, obviously you can jump too far back because the road was right there. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was a dual carriageway, yeah. which is um, like, a, a, like a mini version of a highway, I guess, yeah. like a motorway. But um, yeah, so lots of cars like speeding past um, quite. And we had to wait for the AA to come. Yeah. And there was a problem with the, spe- like, the spe- there had been an accident or something, which meant that there was like this big pu- That was why it started overheating, actually, I remember now. There'd been an accident, oh, so of course stuck we were in stuck traffic. in traffic. Yeah, and Dad was keeping an eye and was like, "I don't think this car's going to be able to cope with all the stopping and starting and the waiting and the heat." And it yeah. overheated, and because of the accident, yeah. it took us ages for the AA to come. And I remember we had the radio on, and they were talking, but they were like live, <laughs> live reporting on the, on wedding. the wedding. And I was just like, "Great, I'm just." stuck here on the side of the road for like three hours while we wait for the AA to come. I think I vaguely remember watching the wedding on TV live as it was happening. Right. And like, I vaguely remember hearing that story of you and dad on the, on the road. I think like, afterwards. you were like nannies or our aunties or something. And that was why we were trying to get up to you. I can't remember I where we know. were going or why, but we broke no down idea. and I had to listen to it on the radio. It was June, so possibly... Uh, mum's birthday somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know why it was just me and dad either. But no. It was not fun. Also in June, the construction of the Millennium Dome is finished. Oh, finally. Is this 2000? This is 99. 99. So June they 99. were ready ahead of time. Yeah. Good. Yes, yeah. well done. So in July 99, um, John F. Kennedy Jr. dies in a plane crash yeah. along with his wife and sister-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And also in July, American Pie and the Blair Witch Project were released. Yeah, I remember that very vividly because um, I didn't go and see Blair Witch Project. It must have been released in the US, right? Because I think it came out um, in the UK around the following, like, half term. I don't know, because I didn't see either of those films. The reason I remember it is because... um, 
do you remember that was the summer that our mum and dad's best friend was very, very ill, had cancer? Yes. Yes. And he ended up dying in the October of that year. And we spent an awful lot of time with their children Mm -hmm. um, because I think mum and dad were trying to, um, I don't know, distract them, like give them something to like not be, I don't know, just like take them out of the sadness of being in a family with someone who's terminally ill. It's not nice. So we spent a lot of time with those uh, kids. And I remember going to see American Pie with one of them at the cinema um, and uh, uh, with one of his friends as well. Um, That was before he got really, really sick. He wasn't in hospital at that point. Um, But then Blair Witch came out the week of half term, which was when he had died and we had the funeral to go to. Mm. And I remember seeing Blair Witch on that half term, not with them, with friends, I think. But I remember being like... I fell asleep in yeah. the cinema. Yeah. Um, and I, I've since watched the film back and I don't think... Because I remember thinking that was a weird thing to do to fall asleep <laughs> in the cinema. But I think I was just very emotionally exhausted. Um, and I... It was just all too much and I was like, I can't cope with being scared in a no. film. So I just decided to like... Opt out. To sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've opted in, but I'm opting out. Now. It just reminds me of a very specific time where there was a lot going on for us. I think. Yeah. So um, the other thing that happened in July um, 1999 that was formative for me is that um, you turned Harry 12? Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban was published, which yes. is my favourite Harry Potter book. Um, but we only discovered the entire series that summer. In France. Yeah, so formative. Yes, but Azkaban... Formative event. <laughs> Azkaban was the third book, but yeah. we only started reading the first book that but year. We had three, we once. had all three at once. Yeah, we binged the first three we that went round the family, yeah, didn't yeah. we? Like we the were. flu. Uh, <laughs> yeah, flu powder, yeah. Um, in August 1999, The Sixth Sense is released. Oh, yeah. yeah. So right after we've had... Hayley Jones on Ali, yeah. Exactly. 11th of August 1999, the solar eclipse attracts the attention of 350 million people across Europe, with Cornwall being the only region of Britain to experience totality. But we were in a French field. We were in a French field because our dad is obsessed with um, (laughs) astronomy and the space and like physics and stuff, and he had been planning. Since the 70s. Since the 70s. About where it was going to be, where he was going to be. And ever since he'd known our mother, he was like, so in 1999, in August, I'm going to be in France to watch this. And and by that time, obviously, he had four children. So he had to plan this with like military precision precision, so that we were in a place where the weather was okay, where we could actually see it. So we were in this random field in the middle of France <laughs> with our dad had us all in like those glasses so yeah, look at the sun. But also he set up his own like pinhole camera. <laughs> he was videoing it. He was taking pictures. He had like a whole setup, setup. to record this momentous occasion. And we overturned like a big hay, hay, hay bale, bale so to sit, sit on. on it. Yeah. But do you know what's hilarious? That moment and all of that content that he was creating was like 20 years in the making, (laughs) only for a few years later, our brother recorded over the video of the eclipse with an episode of EastEnders. (laughs) Did he? I don't remember that. 
you press record and it was like ah! Well, you know. You'll always have the memories. <laughs> and I do have the memories. Like, I re- do you remember the... I think I remember is the French women, like, pissing in the middle of the field and being like, <laughs> how convenient. I wish I could do that. I don't remember that. Mum was like, French women will piss anywhere. I just remember seeing because it was all kind of flat yeah and I just remember seeing the shadow Approach. come towards yeah. us as the sun was being covered up yeah this like huge shadow sweeping like towards film. us yeah yeah like across the fields and then it was like and all the birds went quiet quiet it and was it was so, so eerie weird. it was so eerie so surreal yeah and like when it happened like everyone cheered yeah everyone who was in this film and there were people that had whistles and things mm-hmm. they were blowing them like and it just felt really like like no one arranged for and like no one held up a card that went applause like or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. We didn't have to be told. It was just instinctual to be like, Woo! Nature! Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It was It was really weird. Really cool. But really cool, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that Dad did that. And I'm glad he managed to make sure Mum didn't ruin it by her, you know, Late habitual funky. lateness. Yeah. <laughs> No, you have to start drilling at 20 years in advance to do <laughs> clearly, time. Clearly, you need to start it in the 70s in yes. <laughs> to get her to be on time. Yeah. Um, so in September 1999, American Beauty is released. Yes, I remember that. I remember Very that. Very um, David Bowie, this is also in September, releases Hours, his 21st studio album, and the first by a major artist to be made legally available as an electronic download. He was always ahead of the times. <laughs> he really was. Have we seen that clip of him on BBC News talking about the internet and the future of yes, the internet around yes, this time? Yes, yeah. yes, I do, yes. It's, uh, very prophetic. Very, very much so. Um, the West Wing and Freaks and yes. Geeks debuts in the US. The West Wing, we're re-watching that at the moment, although I think we're on season like five or something where it's not as good, but um, yeah. I've never watched The West Wing. The first three maybe four seasons are amazing especially the first couple but yeah i it's sort of petering out at the moment, so i'm not but i am a big freaks and geeks fan so yes that's a cool show my um, um sister from another mister busy phillips in that of course <laughs> <laughs> um october 99 uh angel and roswell debuts in the u.s you, you loved them i love i roswell. Like, i did not have room in my life for anything other than Buffy. I loved Roswell. I didn't watch Angel at the time initially when it first came yeah. on, but I did get into it. Like, See, the problem that I was having was that MSN Messenger started to become a thing and I was like, I don't have time to watch TV. I have to talk to my friends, actually. And also, in October, the London Eye begins to be lifted into position on the South Bank in London. Wow. There we go. Look at that. So that takes us right up to the 25th of October, 1999, which is when Car Wash first aired. Car Wash! At the Car Wash, yeah. Yeah, how did that not get into this episode? Maybe they can get the rights, I imagine. So, so, cultural stuff for... Oh, have we not done that one? No. Oh my God. No, so... Car Wash, first aired 25th of October 1999. 
We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. Is UK number one? If I give you the artist? Yes. Or the, yeah, the artist? Yes. Christina Aguilera. Genie in a bottle. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah, I remember that. I love that video. Come on then, meow. Yeah, I love that video. Um, yeah, she's like dancing on a beach and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like she has that fringed like yeah, top. Yeah, 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 it's lovely. Um, US number one, Santana. Do 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 smooth yeah. just like the ocean under the moon. oh that was the year that i did work experience and i remember santana there's a link because i did work experience because i mean i've been watching Annie McBeal, so i was like i'm gonna be a lawyer <laughs> yeah. i did work experience at solicitor's firm which was i can assure you nothing Not like um, but my best friend at the time did work experience for an events company and while she was there that week they did an event where Santana was playing a concert and backstage she was like running around the corner and he was running the other way and she like bumped into him and he's really small and she's really tall and she was like I nearly like ran him over (laughs) oh my god so yeah Uh, 15th of October Fight Club is released oh god yeah See, that is a good film, it but is. it's just taken the wrong way by idiots. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. I, I think at the time it was uh, brilliant, but I think over time people yeah. have picked it up and, it, and like, Taken the wrong it. meaning yeah. from it. Yeah, exactly. Taking the wrong things from it. Um, and lastly, 20th of October, um, figures from Broadcasters Audience Research Board indicate that the first episode of Walking with Dinosaurs was watched by 18.9 million viewers, making it the all-time most-watched science programme in the UK and the BBC's 19th most-watched programme of all time. That, I really remember Walking with Dinosaurs. I remember that being advertised and everyone being like, oh my God, look at the... Do you want to describe what it is for people? I'm not sure if it was ever aired in the US or the rest of the world. Well, it was just... um, It's like Jurassic Park, but... Real. Yeah. But but but, <laughs> but not real. Not real. But like it was like CGI dinosaurs, um and like uh it was just like an educational program about CGI dinosaurs, but with like them in the real world uh, like trying to uh, like virtual reality almost. Yeah, like wasn't it like was it David Attenborough? Yeah. Yeah, so it'd be like David Attenborough in a field and then they've CGI'd a dinosaur it's in. Like trying to and him a being like, program yeah, about dinosaurs. About dinosaurs as if they were here. Yeah. Like, um, and him being like, as you can see, like, the... Diplodocus. Yeah, like, the t- T-Rex is, you know, <laughs> gouging out the entrails of... Like, you know, <laughs> just like... and him actually being Being there there, with a CGI thing doing what he's describing like uh, like it is a nature programme and it's it's such a a wild concept but like so effective quite ingenious concept but it's really funny because if you look back now of course yes the effects do not look anywhere near as realistic but I do remember at the time it felt felt really really like I was like how have they done this this is amazing yeah yeah. and it really like used to freak me out because there was a local theme park where we lived uh, near where we lived when we were growing up 
which is now home of Peppa Pig World, but it will always be Paulton's Park to me because it's a fucking hoot hoot there. Um, But they had an... (laughs) They had... Paulton's Park had a mascot that was an owl and its tagline was, is it a hoot hoot at Paulton's Park? (laughs) So all these idiots going, oh, I want to go to Peppa Pig World. I'm like, say it properly. Say the real name. Um... Anyway, Pond's Park, they, I don't know if it's still there, but they had an area that was like in the woods where they put like models of, di- yeah, it's like a dinosaur walk, yeah. where they put like models of, of dinosaurs, dinosaurs in. And then like and sound effects. To, and sound effects. <laughs> and it freaked me the fuck out as a kid. Yeah. I would have to walk down, walk, because they're very realistic, yeah. in my opinion, even yeah. though it's plastic models, but like they're really but huge. as a kid. And yeah. as a kid... I would have to walk through that. It was like wooden boardwalks through that wood. And I'd have to look down because I was like, if I look up, I'm going to wet my pants. Like, <laughs> so when I, I remember making that connection when yeah. I saw the kind of promo for Walking With Dinosaurs yeah. being like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. This is insane. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. No, it was quite an ingenious idea. Yeah. And it was very popular. Well, there you go. There you go. Now we can get into... Car wash, car wash. Vonda is singing not car wash, but sweet inspiration by the sweet inspirations. <laughs> um, but it was ori- that was by them originally, but it was covered by Barbara Streisand, which is where most people know the song okay. from. But anyway, there's she's singing that, and there's lots of shots of Boston in summer, like there's balloons and baseball and clowns, and Annie is walking along the sidewalk, looking I would say shell shocked, but also. Yeah. The main th- point of note is that she is soaking wet. Yeah. Like, her hair is really is wet. dripping. Yeah. Like, everything is, like, just wet and drippy. And she um, goes to Cajun Fish um, and comes out of the elevator. And it's clearly the weekend because she's all in, like... Casual. Casual wear. And all those shots of Boston were, like, weekend activities. Yeah. And there's, like, no one in the office. Yes. There's no one in the office. Except there is someone in the office. John is there in his, like, civvies as well, which is another reason why we know it's the weekend. Yeah. Um, and he's... You know, like, he was fixing a typewriter. I don't know whether you know. <laughs> like, a typewriter. I was like... <laughs> Why are they using typewriters? Well, why so many things? But yeah, he's surprised to see her, um, but she hasn't noticed him, and he calls out to her, and there's this record scratch from Vonda singing because he's basically interrupted whatever like reverie she was in, mm. um, and she clearly wasn't expecting to be him to be there. Um, and he's like, "Why are you so wet?" And she's like, "Um, it's the new look." And then she just goes into her office. She goes into her office, and she looks kind of gobsmacked and like well, she just. breathing really heavily like and John comes in like what is going on and she's really coy but then she admits that she met someone at the car wash who she'd never seen before and that's when we start getting a flashback of some hot guy um who works there yeah um and Ali's in her car like putting her car through the car wash and she's basically like what I would describe as eye-fucking him yes agreed right um and she says to John... Yeah, when she goes, it wasn't even flirting. Exactly. I was like, bullshit. She says to John, it wasn't even flirty. I don't think I smiled him. And it's like, hun, you eye-fucked the shit, shit out, out of him. Yeah. But anyway, she's trying to pretend like, oh, we just, you know, we just sort of Lay glanced at each other. each other. Yeah, And she says um, that it's like we looked at each other like we were mate- waiting to meet each other. Mating to meet each other. <laughs> 
we looked at each other like we were waiting to meet each other or we'd met in a prior life. And as the car goes through... <laughs> Which I'm like, massive eye roll because right. I'm just like, she can't just let sexual chemistry be sexual it's chemistry. It's got to be like for a reason. She's got to yeah. imbue it with some profound meaning. It right. doesn't have. <laughs> but as the car goes through, she said that there's like this haunting feeling. And then... As it's going through, her car door opens and all this water gushes in and this hot dude gets in yeah. and everyone's just soaking wet and John is looking at her. She's telling this story. Like, <laughs> and Annie says, oh, we read each other's minds and we just started kissing without a word. And the flashbacks, I was like... These shots are all really, like, voyeuristic. Yeah. Like, through the car mirrors and through the spray. And, like... And I was like, is this... This is basically, like, soft porn now. I mean, I was shocked that they got away with this on, like... But they're going at it. Yeah, they are really going for it. Yeah. Um... And then he pulls her out of the car in the rinse section and they start getting naked and it's like the sexiest jeans advert you've ever seen, (laughs) right? (laughs) Lots of wet denim. (laughs) Lots of wet denim. And so they make love in the car wash and... It's hot. Like, you've got to admit, like, it's a hot scene. Absolutely. Like, Eleanor's already described just, how this is, like, a formative well, I just, moment for I her. just really This is when Eleanor realised what being horny meant. <laughs> I just really... What is that feeling? <laughs> <laughs> I just really remember this happening from when I first saw it and thinking it was super sexy and, like, I was not wrong. Like, it was. And I'm just... Really surprised how, like, sexually it's depicted. I mean, when you consider, like, the depictions of sex in Ally McBeal thus far, a a lot of it is just couples lying statically on top of each other. Like, or like a set-up shot to make it, like, insinuate what they've been doing, but you don't actually see it. So, like, I'm looking at Billy and Georgia on the table. Yeah, it's just really... Or, like, falling out of the stool. You don't really see that No, you don't. Where with this, it's like, it's proper steamy and you actually like get actual steam from the yeah, car and you actually get a sense of like motion going on like yeah. thrusting going yeah. on like you actually get a sense of that yeah because you see like Ali's like holding on to something and she's like going, and he's behind her <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you're just like oh my god Scand- well John's face is like what like he's like scandalised and Ali says for all I know, he could be some criminal. I know I should feel shame or guilt. And I'm like, why? Because Ali is actually very invested in her identity as the good girl. So stupid. And, and good girls don't do this kind of thing. Well, and if they do, they're decent enough to at least feel terribly ashamed about it. Afterwards. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah. So she's saying she should feel shame or guilt, but all she really wants to do is go back there. But then she clarifies that although she said they were making love, that wasn't what they were doing. They were doing that vulgar verb. And John's like, okay. And she says she wants to do it to him again. That vulgar verb, which causes John to nose whistle. And then she basically like creams her pants again, just thinking about it. And I was like, so I guess she's not depressed anymore. I know. Like, what's happened between I last know. season and now? Completely like, different. Complete 180. Yeah, completely different. 
So I guess we're off to the season three with a literal bang. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so we're in titles. And one thing I want to note about the titles, because obviously they change them every season, um, Ali has curly hair this season. She does. A lot, I, I noted. Which um, I remember <laughs> loving at the time and she wanting more, to try and um, emulate. She has a lot more texture in her hair. Well, because. Yeah. So it's... Um, it's it's like when Ling did it during her dating spree at the end of season two. Yeah, like it's been like what's the word? Crimped. Yeah. Well no, waved. Like she's got like waves in it. I would describe it as wavy. I'd say it's like a loose crimp. Okay. Yeah. Well anyway, I was like, so the only time we've ever seen her have her hair we know that Ali's hair is just like naturally straight. Mm. The only time we've ever seen Ali's hair in that kind of crimpy, wavy, whatever, was when Ling supposedly did it yes, in the context yeah. of the show, during, when she was date, doing all that dating that was ill-advised, as far as we concerned, at the end of season two. So my question was like, is Ling going to be doing her hair all the time now? Is Ling like a freelance hairdresser? Because it's exactly the same. Or Maybe did she, like, Ali's just picked up a tip and been like, oh, I didn't know curling wants to <laughs> I do remember this being my favourite hair of Ali's because my hair is like the opposite of naturally straight. Yeah. It's not like super curly, nice curly either. But like if I see a woman's hairstyle that I want to emulate and it's just straight, like I can't. Like even if I love that hair. Yeah. Like, like the hair straightener thing of having like super sleek straight hair of the late 90s was just impossible for me to achieve until really? I was able to get GHD. Yeah. So my hair well, yeah, no, same. I can't, I can't get it super straight without um, GHDs. GHDs so. were we, we were on the, they did exist, but they were so expensive and they were on the cusp of everyone being able to afford to get them. Yeah. So I didn't have them at that time. And, but I was like, curly hair, that is something <laughs> I, can I can do. do. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to emulate this. So it was my favourite hair of values for yes. that reason, because it was achievable for Yes, me. okay. <laughs> And so, so after titles at Cajun Fish, um, Ali comes into work and Ling invites her to a dinner party next week, which it's probably, well, she says it's basically a token invite in case um, she gets her feelings hurt for not being invited, which I thought was funny. <laughs> Ali's like, but, right, thanks. Yeah. Then she goes to go to her office, but Richard interrupts and says he has a problem and he needs her now. Crisis, major client, his daughter, some crisis, mystery. <coughs> a which point, Ali insists that he talks in whole sentences so that she can follow along. <laughs> so they walk into Richard's office and there's a blonde woman sat there looking worried. Um, but she's played by Tracy Middendorf, who is, yes. you'll know from Boardwalk Empire. Uh, well, I know her from lots of stuff because yeah, she's, she's been, been in, in so tons stuff. of stuff. I know her from Angel. Yes. X-Files, Six Feet Under, 24... Alias, she's Bonnie in Lost, and she's Babette in Boardwalk Empire. Which she was is... also in The Practice. Yes, she was. Yeah. Uh, so, so she's playing a woman called Risa, and Richard just hands her off to Ali and leaves. <laughs> um, but Risa is really reluctant to explain. They say Risa, they also say Rissa, so I'm not really sure which it's supposed to be. But basically, Risa is reluctant to explain the problem. But eventually, she comes out and explains that she's getting married on Saturday, but her minister said that he won't perform the ceremony um, and they can't use the church. And she's really stressed out because it's like her family church. It it's means like a lot 300 people yeah. coming. Yeah, and it turns out the reason he's not doing it is because the minister caught her having sex with someone else at her parents' house. And Risa's like, it was a one-nighter, bachelorette thing, I'm not promiscuous, I swear. 
But Risa is worried that if it gets out why, then obviously the wedding will just be off completely. Yeah. Um, so Ali is saying that there's not really anything like legally that they can do to force him to, to yeah. marry them. But Risa's like, please, 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 begging her to help. And Ali just looks really stumped, but she says, well, I guess I can talk it over with my partners. And Risa says, yes, as long as it doesn't get out any further, because obviously yeah. this is a big secret that she wants to kind of keep contained. Yeah, like, <laughs> I want to save my wedding. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Ali, bear that in mind, put a pin in that. <laughs> Ali <laughs> has called... the same as me. I was like, guys. <laughs> Ali has called a powwow with Richard, John, Billy and Georgia to kind of figure this out in the open complex. <laughs> Like, get a conference room! You have one! Like, who on earth could be using it if you guys are here? Exactly! <laughs> it's like, you're really not that concerned about confidentiality, are you? Like, it's not just like, like, you have random members of the public coming in this bit. Like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Oh, Jesus. I'd also like to note that Billy has a real close crop going on in yes, the form of does. a hairstyle. Yeah. It was clearly the era of home clippers. Hairstyle. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember our mum used to... Yeah. At this time, she was, she'd got home clippers. She, she was, was clipping everyone's hair. <laughs> Lucky you and I got away with not having it because dad, our brothers, they were all getting the home clipper treatment. Absolutely. Anyway, they're debating the options and Ali is like, like, if I go to court, it's not going to be a secret anymore. And Billy's like, you could seal the room. And I was like, how about you seal this room? <laughs> Guys! <laughs> um, whereas Georgia doesn't think that any judge is going to force a minister to marry anyone. Um, and she says, because if they did that, and then Richard interrupts and quips that Elaine would be married, as Elaine walks past like, I heard that. <laughs> Then Billy suggests going down the contract case route, but that doesn't actually force the minister to do anything. It just means that the church and um, uh, just that they, you'll get the, the church, church, but they won't the get the minister. And Rita really wants the minister. Yeah. And so George is like, "Who has an affair the week before her wedding?" And I'm like, uh, "Look at your husband. Yeah, maybe ask your husband that question." <laughs> Like, geez. But then Richard rightly, I think, points out, like, as opposed to after, like, it yeah. doesn't make a difference. Yeah. If, anyway, um, but then he asks John what he thinks, and John is troubled by the rash of oversexed women lately. I was like, you've heard of two women having sex once, and that's two times too many. This is practically an epidemic of oversexed women. <laughs> into um, the like IMDB yeah. synopsis for this episode which is like, it's not just this episode it's the whole season there's just too much female sex having going on but Ali is like <laughs> like she's like because obviously he's referring to her and yes. she doesn't want everyone to know but then obviously her reaction to that makes Richard guess that that's about Ali which she denies very unconvincingly yes but then there's this gif moment of her looking daggers at John, which is where she kind of looks at him and all these daggers like shoot out and he's like, <laughs> um, which I thought was quite a good gif because yes. it plays to like a well-known phrase and yes. like, they're my fave. Um, but then she like calms down and she's like, oh, you know, hey Richard, are we even going to court or what? Like trying to be like all nonchalant. Hi, yeah. But then one more dagger shoots out at John and she looks at him, <laughs> which is funny. So... Big news! 
in the next for Renee. Renee is unpacking law book boxes on empty shelves and she moves one box and it reveals Whipper standing in the doorway, which startles Renee. And it turns out that Renee's starting her own law, law practice. Yeah. Which I'm all in favour of. Yeah, absolutely. Really good. We need more law firms than Katie Fish. Absolutely. Um, and Whipper's there because she um, is there to tell her how hard it is and why she needs a partner because she wants to practice again and is hoping that Renee will consider it. And Renee is like, well, well, well. Um, and Renee points out that Whipper's basically at the top of her game career-wise. Yeah. She's like a judge. Um, like, why would she... Why you could? Why pick are you anywhere, picking me? Yeah. You know, you could, you could, you have your pick. Um, and Whipper says, "Well, yeah, I know, but I don't want to work all the time. But if I'm gonna work, I want it to be with you, you badass bitch, um, or something." Um, and Renee is like, oh, "Well, okay then." And I'm like, "Yay!" Whipper and Renee—that's the spin-off that I want to see. Renee Raddock and Associates. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Meanwhile. Nell is looking after her wonderful mane of hair in the universe. Um, and John comes in and like, gives her like this finger gun. like, um, And Nell is like, what is that? Am I a horse? Like, and she's like, stop doing it. And she's like, and also the hip wiggling that you do when you do it, that's really annoying. And John's like, I'm, I'm just saying hello. And Nell's like, yeah, but like someone in junior prom, like, yeah. don't do that. And then John goes to go into his store, but then he comes out because he's like, I don't even have to go anymore because yeah. she's like put him off his stride and he leaves. I do think she's being a bit harsh there. Like, mean. yeah, just unnecessary. Yeah. He, I don't think he ever got the opportunity to be like the swaggy teenage boy. Yeah. So like finally he's like got a woman who loves him and he's feeling like on top of the world. And, like, I guess he's regressing. Yeah, exactly. Because he never did it as no. a kid. So I guess maybe that's part of it. It's a bit of a kind of fantasy fulfilment for yeah. him still. Yeah. But also, like, it's not hurting her. He's not being disrespectful no, to her. Like, I why? Think it was completely fine. Like, you just have to laugh. Like, if it was me and it bugged me, I just would have taken the piss out of it in, like, a funny way. Yeah, just been, like, rather than being, like, like rather don't being, like, do that. Don't do that. It bugs me. Like, yeah. it's just a bit kind of, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Judge Walsh is the judge on Reese's case and he's pointing out um, what we kind of know which is um, he can't order a, a specific minister to perform a marriage ceremony yeah. um, but Ali's saying um, but they paid a reservation fund and Judge Walsh is like well just get a refund then and Ali's like emotional distress <laughs> it's two days away and Judge Walsh is like uh, she's a cheating bitch she can't argue emotional distress <laughs> Not in those words. <laughs> but that's the gist. And then Richard intervenes, much to Judge Walsh's distress, um, because he argues that... It's unreasonable for this minister or any member of the clergy to demand morality from a parishioner. The church makes its money off the threat of hell. If people weren't out there committing sins, they wouldn't be running to church seeking forgiveness and throwing money in the coffers. I should also like to point out, nobody frowns on a man when he slips at a bachelor party. The ministers are usually right there slipping with him. What I object to is the double standard. Why is it okay for men to gather that last little rosebud, but not for women? This is the highest form of gender discrimination, and I won't stand for it. Women love sex. They love to think it, dream, and uh, talk about it, so long as they retain the right to sue you after. So. And whilst he's going on about how much women love sex, Ali starts looking like she's thinking about how much she loves sex. <laughs> so Judge Walsh reiterates that he can't order a minister to perform a wedding, so Richard says, You're a gender bigot, Judge. I'd like you to walk a mile and 
Or diaphragm. <laughs> Like good, good stuff, Richard. Well done. Yes. Ali runs out after Richard walking out of the courtroom to tell him off, um, but Richard thinks he was in the zone, and that was like his best work. Wasn't I? Um, and Rita thinks she's going to have to tell her father and her fiance, um, and so she's like really distressed about that. But Ali thinks the only thing they can really do now is to go and appeal to the minister. And Riss is quite sceptical that this is going to work. Um, and then, but Ali scowls at Richard and, and kind of takes her off to go and do that. Yeah. Um, but Richard is still so pleased with himself <laughs> that he tells an extra that he was in the zone. And the extra's like, good for you! It's like one of those like, little off-screen yeah. like, moments, which is so funny. Um, Ali is back at the office and John asks to speak with her, so they go into her office, and Ali is still mad at John for almost telling everyone about her sexy time, but um, asks him what the matter her is. sexy car wash time. Yeah, and it turns out um, John went to Detroit for work last week, and he called Nell, and Nell suggested they have phone sex. And <laughs> Ali's all like, phone sex? <laughs> like it's the dirtiest thing she's ever heard. <laughs> And John says that he couldn't because he's not even sure what it is. Um, but ever since then, he's lost his rhythm with her. And I was like, does he mean, like, sexually, emotionally, probably both? Yeah, like, I think just confidence is what he's talking yeah. about, isn't it? And that's what makes that earlier scene, like, even more, like, sad. Because yeah. it's like, he's just trying to get you're his, like, kicking him. Back, you're you kicking know? him when he's down. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so Ali suggests that um, he talks to Nell about it, but apparently Richard has already said to John that communication is the death knell of any relationship. Stop listening to Richard! Stop it! Um, but the other problem that John's having is that he can no longer access him, which it turns out is not God, but Barry Blake. <laughs> and John thinks that that's made him a lesser lover. And Ali's like, oh, right, okay, um, but what, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> and John says that her telling him about her car wash sex has him fraught. Because he thought that being a good lover was all about the emotional connection for women. Um, but that's not what Ali said about her car wash thing. Um, and he goes, am I correct in assuming that a woman, even if she's not in love with the man, the sex can still be good? And Annie has this, like, flashback to her hot, hot car wash sex. And she... What she should have said is, good, it can be the best! But she doesn't say that. What she actually does is, like, zone out with, like, her eyes closed and says, um... Be okay, and John is like obviously not that, that kind of hands up gesture when he's like, oh. I give up. Like, I think John learning that. A, a woman having feelings for you does not equals orgasm is like <laughs> hilarious he's like but I thought all she had to do was like me and, and then it's all satisfying for her yeah it's like no Disney has a lot to answer for I swear you can, but oh. also the fact that women have a sex drive like just wants some that hot sex just sometimes physical, that's like, physical. Yeah, that, that, I still think that is a myth that still prevails to uh, a certain extent today absolutely like some men are just dumbfounded by the fact that women can be just like <coughs> the same yeah, that yeah, yeah, to, you know? yeah absolutely, absolutely weird um, anyway 
Renee and Whipper are interviewing a man um, for, I guess, jobs that they have to fill at their new firm. Um, and they've just finished up, we come in on the scene as they've just finished up asking all, like, the boring questions, like, mm. you know, salary and hours. And, um, and then Renee asks him to take his top off so they can just see his stomach and his chest. And the poor guy is like, is, is this, this legal? legal? And they're like, oh no, Whipper's like, only if we require you. And we're not doing that. Like, you don't have to. We're just all about getting clients. And we're going to do that by, you know, being hot ladies. So we also probably, you know, for balance, need hot men for the women. And this is my... Objection! This is my... Objection! Oh! Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, well, you go first then. I was just like, fuck you, David E. Kelly. Right. For having these two awesome women start a law firm and having sensuality exactly. as part of their fucking business plan. No. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, I'm just like... My note is, this is not how to show women killing it at running a law firm. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, but I think he thinks that this is what, or certainly at this time, that this is what progressive is like it like isn't it true equality when everyone has the right to be exploitative it's like no <laughs> like we shouldn't be like this shouldn't be the aim <laughs> but like that's but it's just ew because that is not how you get clients for an no, author absolutely not like that's it, not what getting clients should be about so fucking dumb and it's just like uh, uh, like I'm just like Renee and Whipper are so much better and smarter than this shit. Yes. And you, I'm so fucked off. Yes. That you've made this a part of their like business ethos. Like yeah. it's so. Oh. But also so the other annoying. layer on top of that is it's so fucking heteronormative. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, we're here for the men, so we need men for the women. Yeah. And it's like. Sure. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, I just, uh, I just really hated. It's horrible. It was like the last scene with them in was so like, yay! And then this next scene with them was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. You had to ruin the good thing, didn't you? Yeah, right? <laughs> so good. I'm glad we're on the same page as that. Yeah. Um, not that I had any doubt. <laughs> but meanwhile, Ali, John and Risa have gone to see Risa's minister, who is very much a no on doing this ceremony for her. Pass. Because he thinks the marriage will be a blatant lie. Even though Risa is like, I plan to live up to my vow. She's doing a very good job of like appealing. She's very appeal to like sincere in her like, like you yeah. don't get the feeling that from she's just that she's to, yeah, like, bullshit. yeah, exactly. Like save her ass. Uh, yeah, yeah, save her bacon. Um, he thinks that she's insulting his intelligence. Um, and John is all like, well, what about all the married couples that you cancelled through infidelity? Um, but the minister's like, what I saw, I don't even know you anymore, Risa. <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, God. what the hell did you see? And how would it be different to any other type of infidelity? Like, basically, to me, it comes across as you saw her getting some and you were like, not my innocent virginal child. Yeah. Which is just really weird and yeah. creepy. Yeah, completely. Like, like if, if I'm going to see that, you you have to be doing the most vanilla stuff. Like I will only accept static body on top of static body. Otherwise, you are not the girl I thought you were. <laughs> I just what? Anyway, 
Risa kind of self-flagellates a bit, like talking about how ashamed she is, which is kind of annoying because yeah. it's like you clearly felt an impulse and that's human. Well, I think I think it's okay to be ashamed that you cheated on your But not ashamed fiance. for like wanting sex. No, no. It, the bad thing is she didn't talk to her, she didn't mention she was having these urges to her fiance, she just no. did it and betrayed him in that yes. way. Yeah. But like she's, uh, it's the shame she feels for the fact she wanted to have sex. I felt there was an element of that in there, which okay. I was annoying. Okay. But anyway, um, she then reveals that uh, part of her the reason that this kind of ended up happening was that although Joel, her fiance, is great dad material, it turns out he's really bad in bed. So she wanted to have like one last time with someone who was good before she commits to sexual bungling forever. <laughs> um, to which I say, honey, no, nobody deserves <laughs> to do that to themselves. You don't have to marry him. There are other men out there who are good in bed and good at being dads. You can have you can, You're young. Like, you've got time to find him. But anyway, she reiterates how serious she is about her vows and how much she wants this minister to do the ceremony. And Ali is all kind of like, when you saw her getting some, that wasn't the Risa you know. <laughs> but this self-flagellating, shameful one, That's this is it. So do it for self-harming Risa version 2.0. <laughs> Like, she's, she's the real so reason. ashamed. She will never have sex again unless it's to produce children. Okay? You can get behind that, can't you? <laughs> Um, and he agrees. Um, and, and Risa is so happy. And Ali's like, Godspeed forever, have a good life. But Risa's like, oh, no, you don't. You have to do something for me and you can't say no. And we all know what's coming. Cut to <sighs> Ali walking down the aisle. In a fucking atrocious bridesmaid's dress, again, <laughs> looking so angry going up the aisle. Um, and so I guess this is time for a fashion moment. Because... <laughs> Why is it in TV show, or at least this TV show, they're like, women are just waiting to hand out bridesmaid spots to other women they've only met five minutes ago because they did them a solid. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry, these things are like, are so epically planned to like the nth degree. No bride is able like a couple of days before the wedding to throw another bridesmaid in there. And be like, yeah, I happen to have a spare bridesmaid's dress. Like, those things take, like, weeks to order. I know, it's just like... But, uh, talking of the bridesmaid dress, fashion maker, yes. it's this emerald green tulle monstrosity with puffy off-the-shoulder sleeves and a cross bodice yeah. and a puffy skirt. Yeah. And why were 90s wedding dresses and bridesmaid dresses so bad? Uh, like, they're the worst. Terrible. They really are the worst. Um, and it was funny because as she's walking up the aisle, a guy goes to take a guy in the kind of audience congregation. I don't know, congregation. Like, um, he goes to take a picture of her, and she's like, <laughs> "No pictures." Puts <laughs> <laughs> a hand up, like halfway up the aisle. Ling and Richard are invited, um, and Ling is, is saying what we're all thinking, which is why are we here? Um, and Richard says it's because money, she's our biggest client. Um, and I'm like, we need to keep track of who their biggest clients are at any one time. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot. Everyone biggest. is their biggest client, like, when it's something important. Um, so when Ali walks past them, Ling is like, which was my favourite moment of the episode because Ling is just so delighted to see Ali so uncomfortable. And she's like, hi! And then, like, as she passes, she's like, those dresses are hideous. Yes. 
Um, so Ali makes it to the front of the aisle and she's like obviously really uncomfortable because she's like itchily adjusting her dress. Um, um, and then Risa starts her walk in and Ali's like concentrating on not how uncomfortable her dress is but being like focused like this is Risa's day oh doesn't she look lovely she's yes. like smiling at her and watching her cart the aisle then she turns to think oh guess who she's marrying she <laughs> turns to glance at the groom and it's car wash dude <laughs> I know I know and she like screams yeah they both <laughs> Slow mo, look at each other. Have um, Ali has a flashback to their sexy time. Mm. They have this realization, and she screams the church down <laughs> like a really like comedy scream. <laughs> And Ali tries to style it out as though she's got a tickle in her throat. Um, and, and the minister is like, okay, let's he continue. He like indicates like, yeah. to carry on, and, yeah. And Ali just looks like she's going to pass out. Yeah. And I think there must have been like an ad break or something at this point. Yes. Because the scene starts changing like again. Changes back again. And we yeah. cut to the minister starting the ceremony. Um, Richard is struggling with the size of Ling's hat next to him. He's like trying to speak because <laughs> it's like in his line of vision. Um, and Ali is like, sort of peering around Risa's shoulder because <laughs> she's behind her to kind of look at this Joel, this car wash dude um, and he winks at her I and was there's like, the nerve this, well I don't know how much of that is her imagination because it cuts straight yeah. to the moment of her snarling at him like a dog Yeah. so I don't know how much of that is imagined or whether okay. it's real That's, I like that kind of because I'm idea. like why do you wink at a well, bridesmaid yeah. that you know you fucked yeah, like, before you had Subtle marriage. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but then we have, we go away from the wedding and we've got a montage yep. set to Walking on the Sun by Smash Mouth, what a tune, <laughs> of Renee and Whipper interviewing. It ain't no joke. You might as well be walking on the sun. And well, whilst that's going on, Renee and Whipper are interviewing hot men and asking them to take their shirts off. Um, and wiggle. Ladies, please. I, I mean, I just don't think I've seen a better depiction of 90s feminism in my life. Uh, like, it just sums the entire problematic thing up. But I, I wonder whether it, it even... Because we often go like, oh, it's 90s feminism. I sometimes wonder whether it whether it was 19th feminism was. or whether it was like just what the mainstream thought feminism was well, if like, like mainstream culture, interpretation this of is it. what that is yeah I guess it's just like women can do what men do yeah. and objectify people yeah, yeah and the tables have turned and uh, now we're equal it's just do you know like, what I mean oh, no thanks no thank um, you I mean one guy does a belly dance <laughs> and I, you know, obviously this is so wrong for so many reasons, but one of the things that made me the most sad was that there was an older looking, like, out of shape guy with yeah. his shirt off in the montage, and Whipper's like, bye And I was just like, this is just so gross. This is horrible. So gross. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so... Back at the church, Joel is saying his vows as Ali is just like staring him down. <laughs> and the vows are kind of, the audio of the vows are fading in and out as Ali is imagining the sex that they had and yeah. getting more and more angry in her head at yeah. him. And then the minister gets to the moment that we're all waiting for, which is where he asks if anyone has a reason why they can't be married. And we hear Ali's like, 
there's a telltale heart sequence, a bit yes. like when George's head was pulsating yeah. in the last season, but that no one's head is pulsating. There's just this do 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 do, and the the camera's going in and out of Danny's yes. face. Yeah. Um, and there's this like echo of him going, hold his peace, hold his peace, hold his peace. Um, and it's like fading. And then there's like close ups of everyone's face, like the yeah. minister, Joel, Ali, like Risa, like what's happening um, as this telltale heart piece happens. Um, and then as this keeps going, we see Ali's hand going up seemingly independent of her brain. She's like looking at it next to her. I, like, I, I love, I really love the way they do this bit because it's like a horror movie. Yeah. It's like, because it's kind of like staggered to the, the, the rhythm of the heart. Yeah. Like the way the hand comes up. Yeah. Like it's really jittery. Yeah. And then you see her looking at it like horrified. I'm nodding. Like, I'm nodding. And she's just, and it's just like, I thought it was really good because she then is like, no. Well, it was like it was a no to rival Bobby Donalds. Like it was just like no. <laughs> and everyone turns to look at her, and Ling is like, "Oh my god!" Delighted, <laughs> like having the best time. She's like, this is the best wedding ever. And Ali whispers that she's got it. She's like, "I've got a reason," and Risa is. Risa is just looking at her like, what the fuck, woman? <laughs> and the minister is like, what is the reason, my child? Like, and Ali is like, I'm really sorry. And the minister's like, well, you have to share with everyone. It's, it's tradition. tradition. <laughs> and Ali is like, uh, that will very much not be happening. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. And he's like, well, okay, you can just you can just whisper it to me. And as she kind of leans into him, everyone in the in the church leans like, forward. forward to try and hear. <laughs> And she goes to whisper, like, that she had sex with the groom a week ago. But, of course, he's wearing a mic. So it just booms out. (laughs) A week ago, I had sex with the groom. And the minister calls a break. But as he's doing so, he's just, like, judgily eyeing Ali like, you tramp. Yes, yes. So, in a, like, back room in the church, Ali is sort of, ear wanking <laughs> she's like <laughs> everyone is arguing like Risa, yes. Joel there's both sets of parents and the minister and the minister comes in some to shut the fuck up and that Ali needs to kind of elaborate and explain herself and so Ali is like uh, she apologises and she explains that it was this one time thing she'd never even seen him before and the minister is like you disgusting <laughs> you've like, never <laughs> seen him before and you just made love and it's like yes because the real catastrophe here is that a woman had sex like no strings attached like, yes. like that's the true like and terrible like, event don't judge me it's hard for some people <laughs> anyway Joel asks to speak to Risa in private but Risa's really upset um, and it's just looking at Ali and Ali's like I'm so sorry <laughs> but then Joel pulls Risa away to talk to her Back at Cajun Fish, um, it's the weekend, um, and John is explaining to Nell that he read 
a study that women are attracted to different kinds of men when they're ovulating. So they are attracted to stable home providers three weeks of the month, but when you're ov- ovulating, it's virile masculine. If I was there, I'd be like, is this a peer-reviewed study? Like, how? <laughs> Show me your receipts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were you just reading how the the, how, how big was the sample size here? Like... Um, and he's, this has annoyed him or spooked him because he's like, I'm in the stable home provider category and I don't like being rejected when women's eggs warm up. And I'm like, John, Jesus who, re- who rejected you? Yeah. No one's rejected you? She wanted to do phone sex with you and you freaked out. But that's not that her rejection. That sound you. like a rejection, yeah. But John then says, when you add that to the phone sex thing, and then Reese is sleeping with someone before getting married, and Ali's having sex in the car wash, and everyone's just having, like, sex, and Nell is like, what the fuck is going on? And what has this got to do with me? <laughs> and John is spooked that women might actually want to live out their sexual desires. <laughs> basically. And Nell is like, oh, but men can? And John's like, well, that's different, because for men it's physical, and women it's partly emotional. <sighs> oh, John. <laughs> And then he says, and women can't have a purely sexual fantasy because it goes against nature, at which point we hear Elaine let out this guffaw <laughs> God bless Elaine. <laughs> but, and also, Nell is baffled, as are we all, yeah. and she tries to explain why having a fantasy doesn't threaten her love for him. Yeah. But John is like, you are not allowed to think of any other men, full stop, capital letter, and Nell is like, Fuck off, which yeah. is the correct answer. Because she's like, you want me to regulate, you want to regulate my thoughts, and he's like, no, I want you to regulate your thoughts, and it's like, get the fuck out, <laughs> get out, like no. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is just really something, isn't it? it and it uh, and and like we said earlier, like it, it, this this whole like myth of women uh, attaching, like have to attach emotions to sex. Yeah in order to um, have it, even. Like, and it's a myth that is as old as time, and it's espoused on... as old as time. (laughs) Not in a good way. Um, Women can't have sex. Without without all the feelings. (laughs) Cause they are such women. (laughs) Women and the feelings. That's gonna go... Women and the sex <laughs> that they shouldn't be having <laughs> unless it's with their husbands. <laughs> Who thought that up? <laughs> but it's this, but it's it's this myth that like makes it so that. It, it, it's the reason why when women cheat or flirt or laugh or smile with someone who is not their partner, mm. it's a worse, bigger betrayal than when men do these things. Yeah. Which is all the justification an abusive man needs to yeah. start a fight where they can still feel like they're the victim. Yeah. And... It's just like, this is not a good look, John. No. John, <laughs> you can do better than this. Honestly. I mean, seriously. <laughs> oh. Back 
at the paused wedding, Richard is shouting at Ali for saying anything in like yet another room but at the church <laughs> and Ling's in the corner and Ali's just like face down on the table <laughs> and Ali's like, I had to. And we're just like, but why though? Why is it okay for Risa to have one last fling but not Joel? Yeah. And he asked Ling, kumquat, to help him because he's confused. And Ling is just playing with a checkers board in the corner and yeah. she's like, well, maybe she just felt upstaged by the bride. And Ali's like, hey, this wasn't easy. Everyone thinks I'm a cheap slut now. And so Richard is like, well, why? Why did you do it? Hang on, she goes, hey, 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 do you think it was easy for me to do what I did in front of the whole church full of people? And I'm like, yes, I think it was very easy for you to do this because you make a spectacle of yourself at inappropriate moments, like all the time. Like, <laughs> this is what you live to do. I'd like to act like it took a great deal of courage on her part to like make this stand like who are you trying to kid she lives for this shit <laughs> so yeah so she's like it wasn't easy everyone thinks I'm a cheap slut and Richard is like well, why why did you do it and why is it now my problem <laughs> and Annie's like because I think he's marrying her for her money and Richard is like well did he say that and Annie's like well no we didn't talk and I shouldn't have probably said anything, but I couldn't not say anything. And Richard is like, but why is it different from Risa cheating? And Annie's like, because I was there. And Richard is like, are you sticking up for her or are you punishing him? And Annie's like, hmm, I don't know. And this is why I think we can rule out like her moral superiority exactly. as the reason here. The fact that she can't quite Articulate. explain yeah. why she has done this. And I think... The thing is, is Ali's, like, natural instinct is to be vindictive in these kinds of situations. But also put the focus on her. Yeah, and the fact that she didn't stop to interrogate her intentions tells me that this was just done on a vindictive impulse. She didn't have to... Say anything. A, say yes to being a bridesmaid. Yeah. B, uh say anything at that time she could have pulled Risa aside later yeah. because there would have been grounds for annulment if absolutely if it's to. not consummated it didn't have yeah. to happen no that, that time way. Yeah. in that way and humiliate everyone but yeah. Ali likes to make a spectacle of herself yeah and she likes to get back at people when she thinks she's been wrong yeah absolutely so, and I think that's the major factor here is she feels wronged, wronged. in some way because that guy wasn't available to her but also but the, it seemed like he was but also I think it's about um this it's different because this infidelity involves me. Yeah. And so I was I there. therefore have a right I was to there do what I and want. I know that that was amazing. And therefore, this cheating has way more significance yeah. than Reese's cheating. Yeah. And the world needs to know this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, Ali's still in that room itching her feet because they've obviously been waiting a long time. Ali um, wants to talk about what the car wash sex is like. And Ali's like, I don't want to talk about it. And Ling's like, I'm not judging. It's brave to pursue your fantasies. In ancient China, your head would be cut off. <laughs> and then Richard comes back in saying the families are discussing what to do, um, but Cajun Fish have been fired for the firm. And Ali's like, oh, I'm really sorry. And Richard's like, it's okay. I know you did in your twisted mind what you thought you had to do. <laughs> like you were a lot more right. forgiving than I would yeah. be. Um, but then the minister comes in saying the wedding's back on because they've talked things out and they've agreed that they're both kind of as guilty as each other. So it kind of cancels each other out. So they're back on. And Ali's like, really? She's like incredulous she's like, like this is not the outcome that was meant to happen what <laughs> hang on a minute you've done the wrong thing 
And but the minister's like, yes, and as you can imagine, I'm thrilled about it. Um, but she no longer wants Ali as a bridesmaid. That's surprisingly. <laughs> so the minister says, given that, Ali should just take a seat with the guests and get through it. But I'm like, can they not just leave? Tell her to go. Like, why do they need to, have to none be of there? Need to be there. Like, they're they're, fired. Not, they're yeah. not clients anymore. Yeah. Ali's clearly not needed as a bridesmaid. Why do they even need to <laughs> be there? Wanted. Unless they're like the only way out is through the church. And so it'd be more disruptive. But they've got to go through the church to scan Anyway, it. yeah. That seemed a bizarre decision to me. But anyway, as Ali goes back into the church <laughs> to sit with the guests, everyone starts booing, booing <laughs> And the organist, um, who's been playing, like, nice, upbeat, like, church music, segues into, um, if you know anything about classical music, it's Bach's Toccata and Fugue in D minor, which is... I just love I love a musical gag, so <laughs> I just love how incredulous she is. Like it, it's been decided that uh, what she that the sex she had with the groom wasn't deemed significant enough. So like so not, we're carrying on. To do here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the grand scheme of things, we've decided you're not important, and she's like, That's What? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, this is the problem. So anyway, back at Cajun Fish, John is in the unisex trying to summon up Barry, but the music that we're getting is just really slow. It's like, you know, the record player's been put on the wrong setting, uh, the wrong speed. It's like really lethargic, and then it just kind of comes to a stop. Um, And he tries again, but the same thing happens. And then Elaine comes in and says she couldn't help but overhear because, you know, whoops, she can never help it. Um, But she tries to make him feel better by saying that whilst women do have our little fantasies, he's wrong if he thinks men like him can't be in them because sexiness is all inside. And then she's she's kind of got up really close to him, like oozing sex appeal. Um, really putting her sexuality front and centre, as always. Um, but then she suddenly swishes her head to look in the mirror and says, look at me. And her hair is covering John's face because she's so close to it to look at her. Um, and she's pointing out that she's not the most beautiful woman in the world, but she oozes sex in buckets because it's in her. And she's like, let it be in you, John. And he's like, well, the problem is that he's always felt it through Barry. Um, but Barry White's not coming to him anymore and Elaine's like well I think Barry's a little J-E-L and I was like oh that's interesting like, well Joe. well Joe. yeah <laughs> um, because everyone um, she thinks that Barry's a J-E-L well gel because everyone wants to be with John he's the hottest guy in the office that's why Nell is with him and he doesn't even know it the hot little biscuit <laughs> and John's just shaking his head like he's not believing any of this but Elaine says you know, it's better this way because if you ever became a predator, you'd ruin lives. And I'm like, surely if anyone became a predator, they'd be <laughs> ruining lives. lives. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure if she means predator in the way we mean it, but I could be wrong. But anyway, John seems kind of bolstered by all of this kind of pep talkiness and he starts looking in the mirror and then do, do, do starts do. up and he starts wiggling his hips. But then Elaine slowly reaches over John's shoulder and down his front and her hand goes off out of shot to, I guess, his penis? Groin? And when she hits, like, that spot, Barry White just speeds up and Elaine's like, Barry's 
coming? And I'm like, is Barry coming? Or is John? Like, what's happening? Um, and she's kind of like <laughs> moving with him. And I'm like, this is gross. This what's happening? I'm like, this is, to me, this is cheating. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, if, if I was now and walked in on that, I'd be like, okay, so it's over. You've, you've cheated on me. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just like... And, but then, but it was weird because it was this weird line because I was like, oh, this is really getting gross. But then their hands kind of return to... Like in dancing, shots, and yeah. they just kind of start dancing together happily in front of the mirror with John in the front and Elaine behind. And Elaine's like, "You ready? Go to Nell." And if she tells you to go away, you come back to me, you hot little biscuit. And like, there was a lot about this that I was enjoying to begin with in terms of she was trying to boost his self esteem, yeah. like get him out but of his then funk. It but then it the really line. crossed the line. It really crossed and the I was line. like, no, 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 no. Yeah, this is, like this, this is, is so inappropriate. Too far, too far, yeah. stop. Yeah, absolutely. Oh no. Yes. Not okay. So, <laughs> back at the church, the wedding is continuing and Ali is just eye-rolling through the whole thing, which is another reason why I'm like, Get just leave! Out. Yeah, exactly. And she starts flashing back again, um, which is not going to lead anywhere good, <laughs> because she stands up and asks to speak to Risa and the whole crowd is like no but then she runs up and grabs Risa who's like what the hell but she goes with her I'm like where the fuck are the bridesmaids and the groomsmen like you're supposed to be protecting Risa from this kind of bullshit like someone needs to rugby tackle this woman and take her out yeah well Annie leads her into the corridor outside and Risa is like what bitch like (laughs) and Annie's like well you said Joel was shit in bed. And Risa's like, well, yeah, but I've, I've made... Not in those words, but... Yeah. And Re- Risa is like, yeah, but I've, I've made my peace with it and that marriage is more than sex. And I he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Work on that. And he's like, yeah, 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 I agree with that. But Joel, Joel is actually, like, the best dick I've ever had. <laughs> so... And Risa's like, well, okay... I mean, to her credit, she's, like, taking this news as well as she can. She's like, sex is subjective, isn't it? And um, I was like, yeah, but... Objectively. knows what he's doing. So if he's not doing it for you, then either he's not hot for you or he's a lying, money-grabby gold digger. And Ali's like, I cannot see you... I cannot sit there and see you get hurt as your lawyer and also as your sacked bridesmaid. (laughs) And Risa just gets up and goes back into the church and Ali follows and Risa's like, wedding's off. And Richard and Ling immediately get on their cell phones um, and then Risa runs out and everyone watches and, and Joel goes up to Ali and is like, who the fuck do you think you are? And Ali's like, you fool women. And Joel's like, yeah, but I didn't, I don't need to be honest with you. I don't owe you anything. And Ali's like, yeah, but maybe you should try being honest with the woman in the white dress. And bam, Ali mm-hmm. gets her moment of being morally superior, which is predictably what this was all about in the end. I'm just like, <laughs> this is such bullshit reasoning. Like, maybe he just has much better sexual chemistry with Ali than he does with Risa, which is unfortunate, but it doesn't mean he's a con man. Like, I'm just like... Like, conning it, like, being like, I'm pretending that I can't have sex well. <laughs> Why would you do Why that? <laughs> How is that going to help me marry a woman <laughs> for money? I don't know. But the thing is... <laughs> <laughs> I know it will really get me into 
her her home and her heart. Prospective husband. <laughs> She's really gonna say yes when I propose if I pretend to be shit at best. Completely inadequate. Like, like oh yeah, that makes good starter <laughs> material. Great. It's just like I saw you know we were talking about Stephen Trumbull like yeah. earlier. Um and he's done that show with Comedy Central, like Pies yeah. and a Pine. The first like episode they do, it was all comedians like talking about sex. And one of the women on there made this point that no one can really say that they're good in bed. No, because it takes two. What, yeah, what you can say is that you have great you 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 and that you're good in bed with that person. Yeah. Like, you and that person know how to have great sex, but you and another person might have terrible sex. And that wouldn't mean that you're both terrible at sex. No. It could just mean that you're not particularly sexually compatible. Absolutely. And I just think that's far more true a perspective than this person is always, every time, a sex god. So if you didn't have a great time, then he probably isn't attracted to you and just wants your money. It's like, it's such a huge But can you imagine <laughs> saying that to someone on their wedding oh day? Oh my god! How Ali. fucking oblivious do you have to be? Ali, what the fuck? I just... She's... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we get our first Vonda cover of the season, um, Venus by Banana Rama, as everyone files out of the church. Um, we've got a new season three Spotify playlist, Yay! so don't forget we'll be collecting all of those up. We've still got season two and season one playlists up there, so check us out on Spotify. Links will be in the show notes. But yes, Venus by Bananarama, Vonda is seeing that as everyone's filing out of the church, guess the heckling alley. Like, what are we supposed to do with our presence? And it's like, uh, take it back, Karen, and demand a refund. Like, how's that not difficult? It's like the least of everyone's worries. But then Richard has to kind of like shield Ali and like usher her away from everyone into a car. Um, so Vonda is then in the bar and she's continuing to sing and George is there and everyone else has clearly come straight from the church because Ali's there in her terrible bridesmaid get up and I would have I don't know about you but I would have insisted on going and changing <laughs> yeah um, but Georgie's Georgie? Georgie <laughs> Georgie porch you putting a pie kiss the girls and made them cry kiss the girls kiss kiss okay George has heard the story um, and Ali's like uh yeah, so basically, I'm Annie McBeal, home wrecker. Here's my card. And George is like, oh, I have it. And I was like, that is a great exchange. It's just like, I mean, the goal of Ali to even say that to Georgia in the first place. Well, I, the reason why I like this as an exchange is not only because it's funny, but it also is funny, it yeah. did seem, it seems like they're like semi, almost like how they were, like friends again, like that like kind of banter that they've yes. got between them. I was like, oh, hopefully some bridges are being repaired because, you know, potentially we'll, we'll see. see yeah um ling asks why ali did it because she like she didn't owe risa anything it's like risa was like an old friend um and ali's like look if you saw someone by the side of the road <laughs> you stop to help and ling's like uh no like check out mother Teresa over here like oh my fucking god <laughs> she's like since <laughs> when did honesty become a duty yeah <laughs> that she wouldn't stop to help someone <laughs> by the side of the road. I actually don't believe that for a second. No, no, I think it's just a front. Lynn is not polite, but she is kind. Yeah, I know, but it's Which just... Which is my favourite way round. The fact that, like, Ali is like, oh, I guess I'm just so 
like virtuous. But well, she's I such a virtue could not She's constantly saying about what she's done. And not say something. I know. It was difficult, but I'm very brave. <laughs> now if everyone could just pay attention to me and tell me how great I'd been today, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Um, so Whipper turns up and Richard uh, is making conversation like is it true you quit the bench and Whipper's like yep and everyone's like yay <laughs> and, and Whipper asks how the wedding went and Ali's like don't ask um, and Richard Richard says I'm surrounded by wattle shall we dance um, and as Georgia gets up she says um, I love your dress Ali and Ali's like yeah yeah and she immediately trips on the hem of course down <laughs> which I really love um Ling is like, Richard, we're too old for this bar, as Whipper is tugging him away. Like, is that so? Ling! <laughs> Which I didn't like. like um, she says it for like an insanely long time. And Richard is happy because two women who are quite frankly out of his league are fighting over him. <laughs> yes. um, but he goes off to dance with Whipper. Yeah. And the music fades out as a new song by Barry White, which is called Staying Power, comes in, and the scene has changed to Nell in bed reading, and John... She's got lovely red curtains. Lovely. John <laughs> opens the double doors uh, to the bedroom, uh, waves at her, like, does this little wave, <laughs> and he switches off the lamp. I mean, to me, that is, like, <laughs> off-putting from the get-go. It's <laughs> like, okay... Go out and come back in again. Try that again. And um, he t- switches the lamp. Nell turns off her lamp and John lights a candle. And it's all very sexy. Um, and John takes off his robe. And then he goes to take off his... He's wearing like a white vest. He goes to take that off. And then he's like, what am I taking this vest off for? Like an unsexy person. I'm going to rip it off like a sex god. <laughs> and he just like rips it. And Nell is very excited. She's like, Ooh. Yeah. And he gets into bed and he leans over to kiss her. But then he stops because instead of seeing Nell, he's seeing Barry, Barry White, White singing to him. And then everything fades out as Nell is like, John, are you okay? And, and, and John nose whistles. And he's like, oh, well, you look, you look different for a second. And then we see Barry White with Nell's voice going, different hair. It's <laughs> really funny. And John's like, never mind, I'm fine. And then he goes in to kiss her. And she's like, I'm glad you're here. And he says, me too. And they start kissing as Vonda starts singing one of her songs, which is called No Mistakes. And then the scene fades into Renee painting the name of her practice on her door yeah. uh, of her office. Ali's walking home in her terrible dress. And then she bumps into a couple who ask her to take a picture of them. And then they take a picture of her and she hands them her card. And I was like, is this her home record card? card, Her lawyer card? Her photography card? Like, why is she handing her card? card. (laughs) So weird. But then she kind of dances as she crosses the road. She like spins around happily. Yeah, all happy about what she's done. Like, good deed for the day. But then we fade into Risa walking in her wedding dress with her train over her shoulder looking really like, worst day ever. Yeah. I'm like, great. I'm I'm glad Ali is happy because Risa's life's just been ruined. Well, I just find it it hilarious that Ali is dancing down the street while Vonda is singing There Are No Mistakes In Love. I'm just like, I'm going to have to beg to differ with you here, Vonda. Like, <laughs> Ali is a dangerous maniac and needs to be stopped. She's just like, that's the thing I'm spinning in the road. Like, 
would have been so simple. She could have just gone, job done. No, I can't do be your bridesmaid because I'm busy. I've got a trial. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there are so many things you could have done and didn't. <sighs> oh, my God. So, yeah. First opening, episode. Opening episode of the season. We are out yeah. at the gate. Absolutely great. I love that episode. It's so funny. It's really funny. And it's <laughs> Ali being really ridiculous. I remember. In a very entertaining way. In a, yeah, that's the thing. In an entertaining <laughs> way and not in a way that you're meant to... I don't think they're trying to depict it as as you're meant to be siding with her point of view. I don't know. I don't know. I I... I think that's hard to tell at this this moment. Maybe it's because Certainly, we're coming at this from like yes, a modern angle. Exactly. But, and but I, I think at this point, it's portrayed as Ali's done a really lovely thing. <laughs> and done, done, been cruel to be kind almost, is yes. what I think is how it's supposed to be portrayed. And it's just like, no. Yes, <laughs> it's exactly. So wrong. But... Um, but yeah, what a difference in like Ali's mood I by am, comparison to As much as I finale. enjoyed this episode, yeah. I'm like, I am missing some information here on how Ali has got has happened from being so depressed and actually quite everyone being so worried about her to actually being sort of I don't know, she just seems better it seems like she had one good lay and now it's like joy to the world yeah it's <laughs> which is really problematic yes. for reductive to be like she just needs a good hard fuck and then she'll be fine yeah. it's like uh, i feel like there's, that what there's more context we need filling in uh, and maybe we find out maybe we never do well, yeah else. exactly retrial uh risa versus the minister yeah, so I, I kind of think that, um, yeah, he should have just gone... I, I, I mean, I think it's difficult because it's like, legally, they, they say that they didn't have any grounds to make him do the ceremony. But at the same time, I'm just like, it's not your place to judge whether or not these two people should be no, together. but the problem but is... But I think the priest does think it's his place to judge whether they should be together. So ultimately, I came down on the side of the law, which is you can't just force someone to perform a ceremony. Yeah. Um, like, yes, I think appealing to his better nature is probably the way to go. And the fact that yeah, if he had refused to do it, it's like, well, you're an asshole. Yeah. Um, like, why fuck up her special day just because you happen to have seen her performing as a as a... A woman and not this virginal bride. Yeah. Um, but performing as a woman. That's a strange <laughs> way to say. Have <laughs> <I had> sex. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, the problem is, is if you're going to have a religious ceremony, yeah. like, religious people are going to have certain rules that if you happen to fall foul of and they know, they're not going to be that happy about it. Exactly. It's just, it's just what it's it is. Just... And I just think it's the nature of the beast that if you want to have a religious ceremony, maybe don't have sex with someone. <laughs> But before your yeah, wedding. And don't don't just walk into someone else's house and invite That too, yeah, yeah. Like, but they were like meant to have been like old family friends but or something. Still. But yeah, even anyway. so. But I ultimately <laughs> don't think you can force them to No, no. Verdict of the week. The jury's back. 
gonna have to go with Ali is guilty. Okay. <laughs> because as we said, she's completely ruined the wedding and would-be marriage of Risa and Joel by convincing Risa that Joel is trying to con her on the flimsiest fucking evidence <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and at the end, Ali is quite literally skipping down the street to There Are No Mistakes in Love. Um, please does punch because she genuinely believes she has done the good, just and like selfless thing and she couldn't be more wrong. Right. And uh, she she truly thinks she knows real love when she sees it and if she can't see it between two people, then she doggedly goes out of her way to pull them apart. Like she could not leave them alone during their own fucking wedding yeah. until they had called it off because it didn't feel right to her. Yeah. Because the infidelity that involved her wasn't being given the significance she felt it deserved. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's that's ultimately it. Like, she couldn't leave it be. Yeah. Like, she told them, they decide to go ahead with that, knowing that. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 I don't think you understand. It was me. (laughs) Like, have you seen me? Hello? (laughs) Like, and it's just like, for fuck's sake like the fact that like you say she even hung around to like she wasn't invited to please leave yeah like you're not invited you're uninvited to this wedding like services no longer it shouldn't what it shouldn't even be on them to say that she should i would have been like no i wouldn't have been hanging around exactly waiting for the uninvite like you just would go yeah but no, Ali McBeal doesn't do that. <laughs> no. Once she's in, she's, she's in, in until the bitter end. <laughs> and she will break your wedding. <laughs> yes. Um, I've gone with John guilty for being a fucking moron, getting threatened <laughs> over women having sexy fantasies. I mean, Jesus oh, fucking... Women just having sex. Right. Yeah. Just the fact that it wasn't even <clears throat> stuff that was going on in his own relationship that was spooking him. It was stuff that had nothing to do with him. That he was like, what? what, what? <laughs> this article saying that women fancy men that are hot. This Study. colleague of mine is having sex in a car wash. This client is having sex before her wedding. What is this? <laughs> Like, well, I can't possibly. Like, this is, this no, is unprecedented. This, this is not the world that I could have a relationship in. This is not the world I want to live in. And the only answer to this is to ask my girlfriend to control her thoughts. No, John. John. No. Get a grip. Just no. <laughs> but yes. All in all, a good episode, I think. I'm much more optimistic about season three than I was. Yes, yes. Because yes. although, like I say, even though she was, like, still doing really shitty things, it was very entertaining yes. to watch her do these shitty And it things. wasn't against characters that we know and love. No, no, exactly. Um, so what did you think of episode one of season three? Are you excited to be on the season three train with us? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> We're out of the station. Choo, choo. We're pulling away. It's great. Um, you can let us know. Um, get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Bygones Podcast. Facebook, Py- Bygones Podcast. Instagram, Bygones Pod. And you can email us, bygonespodcast at gmail.com. And uh, Patreon. Patreon. Get everything early. Get all the good stuff. Loads of shit. Patreon. <laughs> My brain. Loads of shit. <laughs> no, there's lots of good stuff on there. We no, this 
it's the good shit <laughs> it's the good shit on there um, check it out and you know if you want to give us a dollar a month or, or more um, we're ever so grateful and it really does help us uh, with keeping this podcast going and you're all amazing um, so yeah season 3 bitches 2020 until next time bye, bye dogs <laughs>